0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Hear again these words of our Lord from today's Gospel text. Mary has chosen the better portion, which will not be taken away from her. Mary has chosen something better and something eternal. Martha, on the other hand, has chosen something inferior, something that is temporal. Mary will get to keep her portion. Martha's portion will be taken away. What is it that Mary and Martha chose? Well, ask Martha, and from her perspective, she'll tell you that she chose service while Mary chose laziness. Ask Martha, and she'll tell you that she chose to show hospitality to Christ while Mary forsook her duty to do the same. Martha thinks that she chose to show love for her neighbor by busying herself with backbreaking work while Mary left her alone to do it. Yes, Martha thought that she chose the obviously better portion. She thought that her outward hospitality was the service which was necessary to render to Christ and that such service would bring with it eternal reward. But Jesus has a different evaluation of the portion which Martha chose. Far from choosing a portion which brought eternal reward, Martha actually chose worry and trouble. Against Jesus' own instruction, she is concerned about food for the stomach and clothing for the body. And Martha's worry and trouble, far from bringing reward from Christ, actually brings his rebuke. Because her worry and trouble was, were a distraction from the only thing which was actually necessary Martha was distracted from Christ and his word. The word which brings faith and salvation. The word which brings comfort and consolation. And Martha was distracted from the eternal word of God who was standing before her clothed in human flesh and blood. And because she was thus distracted from that good and eternal portion The portion she chose was temporal, and it would be taken away from her. Her works would not merit eternal blessings. They would instead perish. Because although they looked outwardly good, even godly, they were sin-tainted works being done by a sinner. Dear Christians, see in Martha how easy it is for sinful distractions from the Word of God to masquerade as pious service. Martha's sin is not like those who skip church to play sports or to sleep in. No, Martha's sin is not nearly that obvious. Her sin looks more like the father who doesn't spend enough time with his family during the week and so decides to make up for it on Sunday morning by taking them to a park instead of church, thinking that he is doing the God-pleasing thing by spending more time with his family. After all, God surely wants him to spend quality time with his family. The sin of Martha is akin to those who volunteer their time to help with church activities, thinking that by doing so, they are demonstrating their great commitment to Jesus and offering him great service, but who frequently also then neglect receiving his word and gifts in the divine service. And so it becomes clear that Martha's sin is not actually the actions which she performs. None of the things that Martha does are actually sinful. Her actions are actually good things to do. Christians should delight, to show hospitality to their neighbor, especially when that neighbor also happens to be their Lord. Just like Christian fathers should delight to spend time with their families, and just like Christians should jump at opportunities to be involved in the activities and service projects of the church. The problem with Martha is not that she serves. It is rather that she attempts to render God-pleasing service meriting eternal salvation and reward before she receives the one thing necessary to render that service. Martha attempts to do good works before she has heard the word of God, the word that works faith in the hearer. She wants to serve Christ before she has been served by Christ. She wants to offer Jesus a feast of temporal food before she has feasted on him, the very bread which has come down from heaven and upon his word. Let us learn from Martha not to let distractions of pious appearance distract us from receiving Jesus' word and sacraments, the very things that he comes to give us in the divine service. That faith and reception, after all, is the highest and the most reverent worship of God. Let us rather conduct ourselves like Mary. Here she is the example of faith and trust. She teaches us, not by her words, but by her silence. She teaches us, not by her many actions, but by her relative inaction. She demonstrates for us Passive reception of Christ as he preaches to her his word. For Christ is not with Mary and Martha to be served, but he is among them as the one who serves. The words of Jesus work faith in Mary, a faith that does not crave to prove its worth through service rendered toward God, rather, Jesus' words work in Mary the godly faith that craves the only thing that is needful, even Christ himself. And so Mary will not let the daily to-do list prevent her from receiving as much of Jesus as she can get. Faith doesn't let the temporal things of this life get in the way of receiving Jesus and his gifts. Faith always desires to run to Jesus, again and again, to receive what he has to give. And faith can never get enough. It always wants more, and our infinite Lord always has more of himself to bestow. Dear Christians, let this be your model. There were many things for Mary and Martha to choose from, but only one thing was necessary— There are likewise many things for you to choose from on any given day when the divine service is being offered here. You could choose sports, sleeping in. You could choose family time. Or you could choose to spend your Sunday morning doing seemingly good service works for your neighbor. But the things of this body and life are temporal. They will pass away. On the other hand, the word of our God endures forever. So thanks be to God that you are here receiving the best portion. It is the only portion which is needful. It is the only portion which can grant eternal life and salvation. For here, our portion is none other than Jesus Christ himself. Here, Christ delivers to you the forgiveness, life, and And salvation which he won for you by his death on the cross. Here he takes away your sins. Here he forgives you for engaging in those works which distracted you from him. And he gives you freely his righteousness. A righteousness which your works could never gain. Here he gives you faith which receives all of his gifts. And as surely as Christ is risen from the dead, this portion, this faith, this salvation, Christ himself will never be taken away from you. But what's more is that when you have Christ and his gifts, even your good works are no longer merely temporal and bound to pass away. They are rather sanctified. They will follow you into eternal life. In the text this morning, Mary is certainly the example of passive reception of faith in Christ's word, which leads to everlasting life. But Mary of Bethany also sets us an example of real godly living and of right and devout service to Christ. Because the way Mary contrasts with Martha is not merely that Martha works while Mary only receives the contrast is that Mary receives faith through the word of Christ before she works. And by that faith, her works are then sanctified. They are made holy and pleasing to God. We would be quite foolish if we took this text to mean that the Christian life ought to be devoid of any works. The point of this text is not that good works are unnecessary, but that they must be preceded by faith to be good. In this text, we see Mary only as the passive recipient of the gifts of Jesus. But fast forward to Holy Week. Jesus is again in Bethany with his disciples, with Mary and Martha and Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. Mary is again at the feet of Jesus, but this time she acts. She takes a flask of ointment, costing nearly a year's worth of wages and anoints Jesus' feet with her hair. And unlike with Martha in the text for today, Jesus' response to Mary in that instant is not rebuke. He rather commends Mary's service in the midst of indignation from the disciples. Indeed, she proclaims that what she has done will be told in memory of her wherever the gospel is proclaimed. The difference between Mary's service and Martha's works lies not in the actions themselves. The difference, rather, is what their works flow from. Martha worked expecting to receive reward and merit on the basis of the work itself. Mary's service toward Christ flows from faith. Her work is indeed rewarded and follows her as she rests from her labors because her work was made good and holy by jesus so also does christ make your works good and holy they are in fact godly deeds not because you perform them so piously but because christ has made both you and your works holy by his blood and righteousness he sanctifies you and your works by the gifts he gives you here where you passively receive his forgiveness his word, his flesh, and his blood. And by the grace and guiding of his Holy Spirit, then, thanks be to God, for you have chosen the better portion, and it will not be taken away from you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit,